welcome back to another episode of Now That's a Crazy Story. I'm Christy, this is Colin, and we're going to be talking about the parable of the wise and foolish builders. That's right. So, if we can, we'll just open up in a prayer. Sure. Uh, Father, we just come to you, Lord. We just ask that you uh, fill us with your spirit. We ask as, as we read through your scripture, Lord, that you just reveal yourself to us. We ask that you bless this time that we have together. And uh, just forgive us where we fall short. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So I'll start by reading the passage. And we're in Matthew uh, 7, verse 24. It says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew, and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. So I think we'll start out by uh, you sharing a little bit of the teaching aspect. Yeah, so um, I was kind of watching the the first episode of the um, of the the stories, and I was listening to Mike and Alan. And they spoke a lot about um, Jesus's teaching style, um, and that being really important. And how um, in his presentation of the parables, they're more than just parables, you know, and it got me to thinking about as a teacher, um, one of the most important things to do is to get your students thinking and asking questions. Um, and so I feel like when Jesus was, um, when he taught these parables, it was as if he was really causing them to to ask questions Mm -hmm. in their mind about what he was saying um it's been said i don't know it was in a workshop or something that i went to but the the students that are the people in the classroom that are talking the most are the ones that are doing the most learning Mm -hmm. you know and so when he when he tells these stories they often have questions in the stories um and they're often just causing the listeners to ask questions in their mind as they're listening to him speak. So um, I also think about how people are always bringing up references to the chosen these days. But, mm-hmm. you know, there's this episode of Jesus um, and Matthew, and he's really planning out this sermon. You know, it shows yeah. little clips of him. Um, you know, reciting things, and he'll 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 say something like, "No, I don't want to say that." And you know, he's telling Matthew what to write down, and so he's very intentional with you know the order that he puts these parables in. He's very intentional, especially with this one, mm-hmm. in putting it at the end. He's okay. closing, he's closing this with you know, he says, "Therefore." Everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, he's not talking about just any words. He's talking about the words that he's spoken mm-hmm. through what we call Matthew 5, 6, and 7, right. you know. 
Um, and everyone who hears these words and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. So he's pointing back, you know, in, in closing. So. Well, and that's what um, I wanted to make this point is, you know, Jesus is bookending the Sermon on the Mount with building on this solid foundation. And mm-hmm. if you look at Proverbs 10.25, let's see, it says, When the storm has swelled by, the wicked are gone, but the righteous stand firm forever. Um, and what what Jesus is doing here is, like I said, he's bookending the Sermon on the Mount. And I just made some notes on what... He talked about on the Sermon on the Mount, and it was the Beatitudes, the be salt and light. Mm -hmm. He talked about the law and how important it was to keep the law, Um, how to deal with anger, lust, divorce, Mm -hmm. revenge, vows, love, all people, including your enemies, giving, prayer, fasting, money, worry, judging. Prayer, again, as in not seek, mm-hmm. uh, the way to heaven, the pathway to heaven, and to be good fruit. And, man, I, after, you know, we was charged with, uh, I asked to do this, and I got to looking into it, I was like, this is one of the most, I mean, they're all important, but this is a huge. It's thorough. It's thorough. Yeah. And this is the way that we, I mean, to do life. Mm-hmm. And pretty much every aspect of our lives is is found is in touched upon. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and so, if you want to, we'll just kind of start digging into the. Well, yeah, and I also thought that like you went back to Proverbs, and so I think it's important to know that Jesus knew who his audience was. Indeed, you know, yeah. he's got a mixed audience there. He's got some Gentiles, but there's Jewish people in the audience as well, and they know. Um, they, they've heard a few, you know, parables, you know, Mm -hmm. in, in, um, the Old Testament. Um, but, you know, they would automatically think back to that proverb probably, you know, Mm -hmm. um, and it would, it would kind of trigger something in their mind. Again, his teaching style, having them ask questions, you know, and, you know, not to keep saying this over and over, but this kind of teaching style or just him teaching in general is really trying to open their hearts and get them to um, to have eyes that see and ears that hear, yeah. you know. Yeah. So. And what you said is very important. I mean, any... Any scripture that is found in the New Testament, you can you can point it back somewhere in the Old Testament. Yeah, when so, he's especially when Jesus is you know speaking. Yeah. Okay, so we'll just start. Uh, verse twenty four. Therefore, for everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a man who built his house on the rock. Everyone who hears these words and does them. It doesn't say if you attend church and listen to a good sermon, Mm -hmm. you'll be like the wise builder. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's crucial for us to to know that information without application is useless. Mm -hmm. The wise man who built his house on the rock. So 
Let's let's look at what the rock is. Okay. In Psalms 18, 2, 31, and 46. You can go ahead. Psalms 18, 2. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise, and I have been saved from my enemies. Verse 31, for who is God besides the Lord, and who is the rock except except our God? And then verse 46, the Lord lives, praise be to my rock, exalted exalted be God my Savior. Mm -hmm. So when he said... Whoever hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the wise builder who built his house on a rock. That meant something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially to those to the, to the to Jews. Jews. Yeah. yeah, that meant something. So what does that what does that speak? So to he's you he's he's declaring that he's the rock mm-hmm. to the Jews. That's right. Which is huge. It's mm-hmm. like turning everything upside down. <laughs> yeah. But that goes right back to, you know, in construction, we somebody decides what kind of building they want to build, the size of it, mm-hmm. whether it's two-story, three-story, or and how many square feet they want. And they give that idea to an architect, and the architect kind of starts drawing it up. And then they give it to an engineer. And what the engineer does is... He takes what the owner and the architect have decided they wanted, and he engineers a foundation that'll hold that building up. Mm-hmm. And depending on where you build, um, like you know, what kind, where, what like kind where of you soil are. you're building in, it determines what how deep that foundation goes. Mm-hmm. And as I was studying and reading through this. I thought, you know, there's a lot of jobs, especially uh, down South Louisiana, where the soil's not as good mm-hmm. uh, as in other places. So what they'll do is they'll they'll drive piles, and I mean these piles can be a hundred foot deep. Mm-hmm. But and so when I was thinking about this, and I thought, okay, so if we take Every one of these instructions that God, Jesus gives us on the Sermon on the Mount, Mm -hmm. from the Beatitudes to the how to deal with anger. How many are there? I think it was like 17 or 18 Mm -hmm. on the, the, that's how the Bible splits, you know, kind of divides it up. But uh, if you just picture one, each one of them as being a separate pile. Pile. And then Jesus being that foundation over those pilings, Mm -hmm. it's like, yeah. That bill's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful imagery, too. It really is. And, mm-hmm. I mean, it was like, it was a revelation that I had never even thought of until we I mean, in his background this. in carpentry and yeah. construction has yeah. got to have a little bit to do with that, too. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think that was, that was cool for me. Uh, Being as you're in construction. That's right. Uh, yeah. People probably don't know that. Well, you know... We all build our house on something. Yeah. So uh, either we're building it on the foundation of Jesus Christ and his ways or we're 
or we're not. Mm-hmm. We're building on ourselves and our desires. Or on our success or mm-hmm. on the success of our children and what they do. And, yeah, but that's not important. I want to make sure, though, as we talk about this, that we don't, um, you know, in our in our culture and in, in, in our generation, we always, especially me, because I'm a checklist kind of guy, mm-hmm. I want to make a to-do list, and I want to make sure I'm following it and check it. And this is not a, this is not a works-based scripture. We, right. we don't. Mm-hmm. We have to go back to, and what I like about this is if you go back to the Beatitudes, it's uh, blessed are the poor in spirit. And and that's when we come to a place that says, you know what, I'm spiritually bankrupt. Mm-hmm. I cannot do this on my own. And then following behind that, it says, blessed are the those who mourn. Those who mourn. And then the next one is, blessed are the meek. Mm-hmm. Well, meek in Greek is like a bit that goes in a horse's mouth. Mm-hmm. And so, blessed are the ones who give over the reins of their life mm-hmm. for Jesus to guide them. Right. Well, I think it's, important to that like you look at how he starts Mm -hmm. and he starts with this is basically the condition that your heart needs to be in first Mm -hmm. and then he fills it with all the things and then he ends it with putting it to practice but if your heart is not in the condition of the beatitude, that's right. then you cannot you cannot put it you in cannot the, put into practice the things that are in the middle that he talks about. Yeah, but I think if we, you know, and Paul says it, if it's not, and James says it too. Where's I'll read that scripture one twenty two. Mm-hmm. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Right. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror. And after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forget what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues it, not forgetting what they've heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Mm-hmm. So it's getting to a place that says, okay, I'm spiritually bankrupt. I cannot do this on my own. And I'm handing over the reins of my life. To Jesus Christ, my Savior. And then the fruit of that is all these comes things. these things. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that, right. that's good to remember. I just don't want it to sound like, hey, if you do these things, you're going to be fine. Because you can't do them. If you, if you, you won't do, do these, these things, things, you're going to fail. Right. You won't do these things unless your heart is in the right place. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there are, there are a few things. That you can do, but um, you know, let's be honest. Like if you're if you're really in the right place and you're giving to the needy, you probably want someone to see it, or instead of doing it, you know, um, in secret. And you know, I mean, like you can check these things off, but how are 
how are you practically living it out? Like, how are you really um, performing these things for, I guess, lack of another another word? I mean, is it is it from the overflow of your heart that these things are happening? Or are you simply checking it off of the list? Yeah. And that's another important aspect of this is to, you know, when we, by the overflow of our heart and what Jesus has done in our life, then we are salt and light of the earth. We need to be salt and light of the earth. We need to tell our story mm-hmm. of redemption to others. If we are following in and our life is transformed, then we're going to handle anger in a different way than what the world says handle it. Mm-hmm. Or at least we will be able to take a step back and yes. hold the thought yes. captive before, you know. I and mean, there do, will be a difference. When we do sex God's way, it's it's better. Mm-hmm. You do sex the world's way, it leads to death and destruction. Right. When you do marriage God's way, mm-hmm. it's better. Mm-hmm. So, all right, so we'll uh, move on to, all right, this is, this is big right here. <laughs> it says the rain, I'm still, in, I'm in 25 now, so. We've only gone one verse. One verse. So we're talking about the guy who hears and does, and he's a wise man who built his house on the rock. And listen to this. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. This is the guy who heard and applied, and the storm still came. Hmm. And it's very important for us to to remember that just because we turn our life over to Christ does not mean that we're not going to face the storms. Mm-hmm. We're going to face the same storms that the foolish man faced. That's right. Just because we believe and just because we hand our lives over and follow um, doesn't mean that we're not going to have those same storms that the person who hasn't, um, they will come inevitably. It's just a matter of when, right? And so the outcome is completely um, determined on what you've got your foundation built on. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I think... Our lives both are a testament of that. We, you know, anyone that knows us really knows that we both have um, um, a past, and everybody's got a past, but we both come from failed marriages. And so um, the difference between the the marriage that you and I have now is that our marriage now is built on the foundation of Christ. Yes. And um, our Former ones, unfortunately, were not. And so um, they did not weather the storms that the world threw at us. And so, um, yeah. I was the foolish builder. Me too. At one time. (laughs) Yeah. We'll move on to verse 26. All right, so, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. So... Who's a foolish man? You know what foolish and the foolish man in Greek? What is mean? it? No. Moron. Really? Mm-hmm. 
And the translation for that is uh, godless. Hmm. So interesting. And and it doesn't mean ignorant. This is somebody well, who has is. the information. Yeah. But chooses to say, "No, God, uh-huh. I got this. I can do it on my own." Mm-hmm. That happens a lot. Yeah. We we do that. We did that. Yeah. You know, right? We were both raised in church. I still do it sometimes. Of course, sometimes. yeah. I think it's a conscious decision. I mean, we have to make these decisions sometimes daily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why he says to pick up your cross daily. Yeah. Yep. So, and I was going to point out here. Uh, says he built it on the sand. So to put this in the context, Jesus was preaching at the Sea of Galilee, mm-hmm. and. So there's a lot of sand there, right? Right. Well, if you dug down 10 foot, you would hit bedrock. And so this this is real life stuff mm-hmm. happening there. I mean, so it, it this we think of these stories as like stories, but they seen this. They lived through this. Mm-hmm. And what would happen is you would have two different kind of builders. Well, and... At where they were at that moment, it meant something to them when they were sitting there listening Absolutely, to that. Absolutely, because, yeah. I mean, you could see the buildings, yeah. right? So you would have, you had two different kind of builders. You had one that would take the shortcut. Mm-hmm. The cheap today, way. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd build their house on the sand. Mm-hmm. But then you'd have these guys who would spend the extra money, the time, the effort, the so energy, and they'd dig down 10 foot and they'd get to that bedrock. So how long does it take when you're when you're driving those piles down? Oh, it takes a long time. I think that's important to talk yeah. about yeah. how how much time can it take to to really make sure that you're building on a firm foundation. I mean, um, and a lot of extra money. I mean, extra cost. Mm-hmm. Cost. So mm-hmm. we'll call it cost. Cost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, sacrificing your time, mm-hmm. sacrificing the things that you want to do. And places you want to go, um, even sometimes friends, you know, it, it's there's definitely a cost to yeah. making sure your foundation. I mean, in our case, um, before we got married, we made sure that, you know, we had a lot of things accomplished before we... We went through a lot of counseling. A lot of counseling. Um we had a lot of talks with each other and with our girls. Um, we made a lot of relationships here at church, house church. Um, you know, made sure that we had a, a community of people mm-hmm. around us to hold us accountable, um, to lead us and guide us. Um, so it, it took a long time. It 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 did, and it was it was hard at times. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, the world would. have the world's way of doing that is to, you know, hurry up and get married or, or just go live free or... I mean, well, I mean, even some Christians would have, you know, encouraged us a lot quicker because, you know, the physical aspect yeah. of it gets really difficult at times and we we could we have just through that. rushed through it and, you know, instead of waiting and trying to um, be disciplined, we could have just gone ahead and gotten married and taken the easy way, but that wasn't what was going to be yeah. worthwhile. And, you know, 
if back to those two buildings it's wild but you know if you just looked at two buildings I don't see a Galilee on the beaches mm -hmm. the buildings look the same mm -hmm. until the storms come mm -hmm. you don't see the difference you don't see the difference mm -hmm. Yeah. Then we're talking, it says the rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. Mm -hmm. So let's kind of talk about a crash isn't quiet. A crash is noti noticeable. It's, yeah. And, and, and I tell you, it uses the word a great crash. Mm -hmm. They didn't say it just toppled over yeah a wall fell down here and there yeah so when we when when you have a great crash the collateral damage is devastating mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know in our previous marriages when the failed marriages that we had to live through we had to live through the collateral. You know, our kids had to experience the collateral damage. Mm -hmm. in that. Mm -hmm. They was the collateral damage. Mm -hmm. Well, not only our children, but our families, our, families. our moms, our dads. You know, um, mm -hmm. they were grandparents. You know, we had aunts and uncles. I mean, it wasn't just us that was affected. Um, people that that knew us and looked up to us. Mm -hmm. Um, that thought, oh man, that would never happen. You know, we, we in a sense let them down in a way. Um, so yeah. I want to. Great crash. Yeah, and I want to back up. Just, I mean, not really back up, but I want to point out. I want us to discuss what is. So we, you know, we discuss what the rock was. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and that's Jesus Christ. So let's kind of talk about what what does the sand look like in in our time today. The and and when I was thinking about this, I'm asking you this, and then I want to discuss it. But I it kind of took me to the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, mm -hmm. and the pride of life. Mm -hmm. you well, know, especially we, like in Western culture. Um, so much of what we find our strength in is our status in society and our, you know, our how much money we make or how many degrees we have, where we went to college. Mm -hmm. And all of those things are important in a sense. I mean, you we want to be hard workers and we want to be, you know, do everything um, to the best of our ability. Um but I think we put a lot of emphasis and we force our children to put a lot of emphasis on their performance in school, in their extracurricular, you know, their grades, all of those things. We put all of that on them um, instead of are you sharing the gospel with other children at school? Are you making sure that the person that doesn't have someone to sit with at lunch has somebody to sit with. And those are all of the things that are important. You know, mm -hmm. that's that's what's building a strong foundation in their lives. 
for when the storms that are to come when they become adults if they're if we're putting emphasis on those things building those treasures in heaven then um that's building a firm foundation for them you know when they get married and they have troubles they'll be able to withstand the troubles in their marriage i want to challenge our audience to um to think about and pray about what is what is your foundation right now? Are, are we building our foundation on the lust of the eyes? I mean, do we feel like we we I deserve something, so I want it. Like I I would feel like I deserve a bigger house, and and usually that's tied to money. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it? What are the little grains of sand in your life that you can point out? Um, Are you spending too much time on your phone instead of time in the Word? Um, What's, you know, and then we have, uh, you know, is it the lust of the flesh? Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's, what are we building our life on? Is it our hobbies? Mm -hmm. You know, I had a, I had a guy tell me that well, my my wife is griping because I'm going hunting a lot. And you know how much I love hunting. And I was thinking about this, and, you know, I, I said, well, you, as men that love to hunt, we, we like to watch hunting videos. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know that. Mm-hmm. I, I love watch hunting shows. <laughs> and... Then on Saturdays, we're going hunting, you know, Friday evening, whatever. So we're gone. Mm-hmm. But what if, like, what if we watched How to Date My Wife? <laughs> or what if we watched... Did you watch that? No. I'm just saying, like, what if we spent that time during the week pursuing our wives, pursuing how to better our relationship with our wife than pursuing how to kill a 150-inch deer with a bow in Indiana when we're going to be hunting in Louisiana. What if we pursued that a little bit more? Our wives may not care if we went hunting. They would be fulfilled. Yeah. I think well, I've gotten better end, at that. Yeah, you have. On my end, though, like or on a, a wife's end, instead of complaining about that, maybe we could... Praise y'all a little bit more for your efforts around the house when you do do something or your job or how you provide or, you know, maybe we could be lifting you up that way. Then maybe you'd want to spend more time yeah. <laughs> with us. <laughs> it's not all just y'all, but yes. But I, I was right. just thinking about that. We, we build our lives on, is it golf? Is it hunting? Is mm-hmm. it fishing? Is is it our kids? Mm-hmm. You is know, it is it checking off a list of good things? That's right. Is it making sure that we that we're crossing our T's and dotting our I's as far as you know uh, what the the good things that we're supposed to be doing? Yeah, is it a list check? Or is it the pride of life? And one and you know the pride of life can be success. It can be. Rich, get richer, uh, more popular, uh, seeking approval of others, 
and this is where I struggle as a business owner is and and you know this because you know me well is I want to be as successful as I can mm-hmm. but at what cost but at what cost yeah like I don't want to climb that ladder all the way up to realize when I get to the top it's on the wrong wall mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know you don't want that corner office Finally work your way up and get that corner office and that high rise to come home and be alone. Well, not only that, but obviously we don't want to lose our family, but we also don't want to live a life without having touched someone else for the gospel. Right. You know, without having, you know, reached out to someone in need or shared what Christ has done in our life. I mean, that would be... The, the true tragedy not just I mean because we could lose everything and and not ever have anything this side of heaven you know but if we have if we have shared the gospel and we have um, helped a life in need and given a life hope um, because of Christ then we we have succeeded we have truly succeeded, yeah yep yeah. yeah. You want to read that last verse? Yeah. Okay. So, um, when Jesus had, this is 28, um, 728, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. I thought about that, you know, um, I don't know. I, I tried to imagine what the religious leaders, I mean, did they not teach with authority, you know? I just feel like when he was expositing these things, that must have meant that he had such a great way of explaining, you know, and and such a, a great just way of teaching, um, so much so that it reached their spiritual ears and they were able to uh, I mean and that obviously that was partly because he was God you know and he's Jesus and so when he did speak it was with an assurance and probably with an eloquence that could that just really got to them you know and reach their reach their spirit I think the religious leaders they basically read. Yeah. And probably I would think, I mean, this is conjecture on my part, but like stern. Mm -hmm. That's a little pointers pointers, as they were like going down. Shoulders back, Uh you know. And I just think Jesus, obviously anointed with the Holy Spirit, probably had a special presence. Mm -hmm. And he spoke, I think, from, again, conjecture, but I think it was probably a softer voice loving kind of caring voice i think you you can do that with authority mm-hmm. like sure yeah and i think that is that presence though and being full of the holy spirit uh and anointed is is well and it's kind of you know like what mike and alan had said that like these this whole thing was just inviting them into mm-hmm. Um, a place where they could 
think critically about what he was saying and um, ask the right questions and inviting them into a place where they could have a greater, deeper understanding um, of what he was trying to say. Yeah. So I think, you know, to conclude, we just... Uh, We'll just kind of back up and the challenge is is like I said earlier is to really think about what your foundation is built on and for one I hope that we can all get to a place that we realize that we're spiritually bankrupt and I hope we all get to a place to realize that we need to turn our lives over to Jesus or the reins of our lives over to Jesus Christ. And read through the Beatitudes and these parables and these stories uh, from 5, 6, and 7 and and just be in prayer about that and, and think about like what I said each one of these being a piling mm-hmm. to hold this foundation up and man if we if we all did life like this mm-hmm. there wouldn't be no divorce mm-hmm. there wouldn't be no adultery adultery there wouldn't be no anger murder greed strife yeah i mean and i mean and then just remember that the arrangement that the the Sermon on the Mount takes, you know, the Beatitudes being the introduction and how we're to make sure that our heart is in this place before we live out the parables that he talks about, you know, and then ultimately um, those, like Colin was saying, those pylons, those little parables will be our, the pylons that make up the foundation of our life. Christ. So we love y'all. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed it.